Hey there, and welcome to a new episode of Stock Break, your weekly opportunity to dive into public companies as we break down their business activity, fundamentals, and potential value. I'm Josh Gilbert, market analyst at eToro, and let's get into it. Please remember that this podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only. Stay tuned for additional disclosures at the end of today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Stock Break with me, Josh Gilbert. Today, we're going to be analyzing Qantas, the world's second oldest airline and the largest airline in Australia, with arguably one of the most recognized brands across Australia. But after a solid recovery in 2022 from the COVID pandemic with record profits, the end of 2023 was less bright, and the airline has seen some huge changes. So we're here to tell you what's next and run you through its fundamentals. But before we get started, as usual, if there is anything that you want covered across these stocks, please let us know. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating and send this across to your friends. If you are listening to this in podcast format, as always, and you would like to watch with the presentation, there is a link in the bio. You can head over to the YouTube channel to watch. And just a quick reminder that this presentation is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, personal recommendation, or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. So on to Qantas. As I said, it's been a roller coaster few years for Qantas shareholders with the pandemic and obvious gut punch with 2023 making what was a dismal year. But obviously we had a recovery in that time with with sort of record profits over that period as well. But as I say, that soon faded away and its runway of success has soon hit some turbulence. So we're going to take you through the full view of Qantas, their story, their fundamentals and its potential valuation. So a quick look back, some key history and some key facts here. The airline was founded in 1920 by Paul McGuinness and Hudson Fish, connecting Australia to the rest of the world. It wasn't until 1995 that Qantas actually listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. And then in 1998, Qantas co-founded the One World Alliance, which is still very strong today with the likes of American Airlines, British Airways and Cathay Pacific. And those partnerships hold the business in very strong stead even today and continues to be a very key part of its global brand. The Qantas Frequent Flyer program is one of the largest in the world. And we'll touch on that a little bit more as we get on, but it is a very key part of Qantas's business. Interestingly, Qantas is the only airline that flies to all seven continents. Uh, It actually flies to a very rare route, which is Antarctica. So it holds that special medal right there. And arguably, and this one can be up for debate, but in 1979, Qantas became the pioneer in luxury air travel when it introduced the world's first ever business class seat. So as I say, some airlines still have that up for debate as to who sort of created the luxury travel product in, but Qantas will will sort of claim it for now. So a quick look to sort of the company's mission and their vision. Uh, Ultimately, the mission, their overachieving objective is maintaining earnings per share growth over the cycle to deliver total shareholder returns in the top quartile of the ASX 100 and a peer group of global listed airlines. And their vision is to be a great airline that champions the spirit of Australia. So as I say, Qantas is the biggest airline here in Australia, and therefore it is the flag carrier of Australia. So it holds you know, a lot of weight on its shoulders being that 
But again, it has done that for many, many years and is very experienced in doing so. So a quick look at its business timeline. So as you can sort of see on the presentation, again, if you're watching on podcasts, flick over. It's essentially you know, a view of the chart of Qantas over the years. It has had a very roller coaster sort of you know number of years since sort of being listed and unfortunately that comes with sort of being a business within the airline industry you know when we have something like the pandemic you are going to feel the the full effect so the business listed on the asx after years of privatization this was back when the company first went public back in the 90s in what has gone on to help be a key in dominating the Australian market, Qantas launched low-cost carrier Jetstar in 2014. Now, if you are in Australia, understand how important that is because there are probably arguably four key domestic airlines. We have Jetstar, Qantas, Virgin Australia, and Rex. Uh, Qantas owns two of those with Qantas and Jetstar. Jetstar now obviously flies to Asia and across other parts of Australia as well. And that is really key in making sure they dominate the local market. Between 2007 and 2013, it was some of the worst years in Qantas's history. We saw the global recession hit, competition heated up, and worker strikes caused a lot of chaos as well with unions, which is still something that is haunting Qantas today. In 2018, Qantas launched a landmark journey, which was a nonstop flight between Perth and London. That has gone on to be a very famous route uh, and is now being extended. So we're now seeing nonstop flights being rolled out from Qantas from London to Sydney and arguably Qantas flies some of the longest routes in the world. As we all know, in 2020, the global pandemic grounded most airlines across the world. And for Qantas, it was one of those periods where it was a very difficult time. Travel was non-existent and it marked one of the toughest periods in the business's history. And then 2022, as I say, a stark turnaround. It marked a very strong comeback. They announced record profits, but really struggled in that time with its brand profile from customers and workers unions as well. And we'll get into that a little bit later. And that's why we're seeing some of that turbulence at the moment. So we're going to now have a look at the fundamentals. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the business. So Qantas's main business is the transportation of customers using two brands, that is Qantas and Jetstar, as we sort of covered there. The airline brands operate regional, domestic, and international services. Its international service generates the bulk of revenue. It brought in seven and a half billion Australian dollars in 2023. The domestic service generated six and a half billion dollars and Jetstar generated 4.1 billion, both domestically and internationally. So internationally is obviously where the bulk of revenue comes from, but domestically is a huge part of Qantas's business. And there is a lot that, you know, a lot of flying that happens in Australia. If you, if you don't know the Australian market very well, Essentially, it is absolutely huge in terms of being able to get anywhere. So flying is essentially the only way to get from A to B in most cases. So the group's broad portfolio of subsidiary businesses range from Qantas Freight Enterprises to, as we mentioned earlier, the frequent flyer business as well. They also have, have the loyalty businesses as well, which includes insurance and credit cards. And that is a very high margin business and is very key to the business, essentially, it helps diversify their revenue away 
from what can sometimes be a pretty volatile airline market or travel market, Qantas's domestic earnings margins rose to a record 18% in 2023. That was up from 13% in 2019, so pre-COVID. And that helped to spur on the 2.47 billion profit. So the reason why that is, domestic market, we mentioned it there, the Sydney to Melbourne flight path generates the largest revenue in the world and was the biggest contributor to EBITDA in 2023. And that is despite not generating the most revenue. So again, that route is flown, you know, 20, 30 times a day, one way, Sydney to Melbourne. There are flights almost every 30 minutes you know, from Sydney to Melbourne, Melbourne to Sydney. So again, a very, very high traffic route that is often filled by passengers. International margins are slightly lower at just 12%, but there is some room for improvement there as international travel continues to sort of pick up. And we continue to ultimately see that airline, you know, travel prices are still very high. So we're going to have a look at the some key numbers here, which is loyalty growth. We mentioned the, the frequent flyer business. This is really, really key. Qantas's loyalty program is really important. And why? It delivered 500 million Australian dollars in EBITDA during 2023, with points earned and redeemed exceeding pre-COVID levels. And they added over a million new members in that time. So this is, as I say, a really important part of Qantas's business model. Members take out Qantas branded cards, they earn points, they spend their points with the airline, and they continue to fly with the airline to more points, all in which sees return customers that are embedded within the Qantas ecosystem. The program also works very well as a marketing mechanism for Qantas with hundreds of partners promoting the brand. So for example, you know, if ANZ who are, you know, offering credit cards and it's a Qantas branded credit card, you know, that is, you know, ultimately constant branding for the company. And Companies these days want to offer consumers frequent flyer points. So at the same time, they're, they're offering Qantas points and they're giving Qantas at the same time free marketing whilst also generating an income from those businesses buying those points. And what is interesting here is that we continue to see growth during the pandemic, which goes to show how important this area of the business is and offers, as I said earlier, a defensive revenue stream for airlines. Uh, this area of the business also helps margins grow significantly. Gross margins rose significantly last year, and this area of the business is really important for that. So that leads us on quite nicely into the competition and the challenges for Qantas. So firstly, we've got direct com competition. The domestic market here in Australia is very competitive, but Qantas have a strong market share with its brand that is well-known, but also the well-used, well low-cost carrier Jetstar as well. But we also have Virgin Australia. They've improved significantly within recent years, and their frequent flyer program is also gaining a lot of traction and is also becoming very, very competitive. They are probably posing the biggest competition to Qantas that we've seen in years. And on top of that, we've also got other airlines such as Rex and a new entrant into the market, Bonza, as well. Internationally, there are plenty of competitors, of, of course. We have Singapore Airlines to lower cost air, international carriers such as you know, Air China, Scoot, etc. Now, often I think it can come down to price when traveling internationally, but Qantas onboard service has served it well for many years. 
And as we say, it's loyalty program keeps customers within the ecosystem. And given that it flies to seven continents and it has unique routes, usually we, we see a lot of people going towards the Australian flag carrier. Indirectly, we can look at other forms of travel, such as cruise ships. You know, if consumers decide to travel in other ways outside of air, that can be a threat for Qantas. You know, this is unlikely to be any real worry, but it is some sort of indirect competition there. And then finally, we have the ACCC, or the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. This right now is the biggest challenge and threat for Qantas. The ACCC have pending actions against Qantas for various reasons. This is you know price gouging this is you know dominating the market and this continues to be a concern for shareholders especially if ACCC finds that Qantas has too large of a market share in Australia so that is ongoing and will continue to be a bit of an overhang for the stock so now we're going to have a quick look at a viewpoint to some key operating metrics and the significant turnaround in sales after COVID-19 as we've said, needless to say, COVID-19 was not a good time for, for Qantas or any airliners for that matter. Sales dropped significantly, but the recovery was was very, very good. Qantas finished the fiscal year 2023 with a record profit, underscoring that impressive recovery. Underline profit rose to 2.47 billion, well ahead of the 1.86 billion loss a year before. So after years of restricted travel, many are still more than happy to bear the brunt of increased airline costs amid what is surging demand in order to visit family and friends, attend business engagements, or simply go back on holiday. Seats are limited and household savings were pretty high after COVID, which provided Qantas with a rapid boost to you know, their bottom line following what was a difficult few years. They were able to reach record profits with those inflated prices, but also by being more efficient business. A huge amount of redundancies took place during COVID-19 and the business was more streamlined, allowing profits to take off. So now, and this is a really important part of, you know, having a look at the fundamentals of a business and that is the management. And with any business, management is key. And Qantas has seen its management dramatically change within the last 12 months. And that's really important for you as an investor to know. Any changes to management, we can see a shift to a new strategy, and that may be a cause of concern for some investors. We had Alan Joyce, which is Qantas's recently departed CEO. He was there for over 15 years. So that's a long time to be at a business and something that shareholders will ultimately be concerned about in terms of where the business goes next. But his successor, Vanessa Hudson, Qantas's first ever female CEO, has been with the business for almost 30 years. So arguably, there is no better position to take over the role. She previously served as Qantas's CFO, which in that time, she helped to navigate the COVID turnaround, which I think is, is a big reassurance for, for investors. And we've also seen a big change in the frequent flyer program as well. Olivia Worth, who's been there since 2018, has left. So we're going to be seeing a replacement there. Even when you're, you know, seeing fantastic times for a business, any sort of resignations of, you know, CEOs or, you know, especially a key customer loyalty strategist is a concern for investors. And what Qantas, I think, has the opportunity to do now is use these board and staff departures to essentially advertise that they are under new management and willing to change the benefits or change their, their viewpoint to the public. If the airline is able to embrace this change 
outpace competition and improve employee and union relations, we could see a much healthier share price in the years ahead. But again, this is a time for them to sort of try and change the PR view on Qantas at the moment, which is very poor right now. So let me know in the comments if you think that Qantas will have a better 2024 and if airline companies are still companies that you want to own. So a key and key area to mention is Qantas's load factor. You may not have heard of this metric before, and that's because it's commonly used when analyzing airlines, which is why we're covering it today. In general, a high load factor is better than a low one. There are lots of fixed costs involved in operating a flight, airport fees, pilots, fuel costs, so on, so on. So a flight that's filled with fewer paying passengers is poor use of airline resources and will likely be loss-making. So load factor takes into account travel you know, travel distance into account. So for Qantas, this was 83% in 2023, better than most years pre-COVID, but not as good as 2019. This shows that there is room for improvement and it shows that profits could grow if they fill their air, if they fill their planes to a greater level. But this is lower than a competitor. So Singapore Airlines' load factor is at 89% in 2023, which is a very, very high number. So if load factor tells us how full an airline is packing its planes, then we want to know how much revenue it's generating per passenger. So to do that, we're going to be looking at passenger yield. So we can use passenger yield to easily assess an airline's average fare per passenger per kilometer. The passenger yield helps us to assess an airline's revenue generating potential. This is really important. So Essentially, what we're looking at here with Qantas is it took 17 cents on average for each kilometer it flew its passenger. The higher an airline's passenger yield, the better. So with the caveat that you're naturally expecting a higher tier full service carrier to have greater yields than low cost carriers. Again, compared to Singapore Airlines, Qantas actually comes out on top. So Singapore's passenger yield is at about 11 cents. And that is because essentially they have maybe higher costs and Qantas have been you know, better at sort of controlling costs in recent years. Uh, but also it's put down to really for Qantas higher because they're not flying as many kilometers, but fares are still high, which is why it was so elevated in 2021. If you're looking at the graphic on the screen, less flying, uh, but obviously higher ticket prices. So a quick look now to competitor performance. As we've said, it's been a challenging period for airliners in recent years, but Qantas has fared slightly better in the last three years compared to some of its competitors. We've taken here Delta Airlines, obviously a US international airline. Rex is domestic airline challenger. We would have looked at Virgin, but it is private business. In that time, Qantas shares have returned 25% compared to a minus 9% return for Delta and a minus 51% return for Rex, showing that although Qantas is going through a tricky patch, Investors would have been pretty pleased. So now we're going to have a look at a SWOT analysis of the business. So this covers the business's strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Strengths, well, firstly, it's a market leader in Australia. It's one of the world's oldest and most recognized airlines with a strong brand owing to the biggest market share in Australia. It's frequent flyer program, as we've mentioned a number of times, the frequent flyer program a significant strength to the business. It fosters customer loyalty and provides fantastic revenue stream. Right at the top of the episode, we, we mentioned about partnerships. Qantas has really great partnerships with other major international airlines, such as Emirates, 
such as British Airways. This helps to expand its global reach and provide access to additional markets. Weaknesses, well, high operating costs and debt. Qantas has high operational costs, fuel expenses, labor costs, and that does impact profitability. Poor PR and unreliability. The impact on consumers has been clear. Ultimately, we're seeing that federal politicians are opting to fly with Virgin instead of Qantas because we've seen so many cancellation and delays from Qantas. So that is a big area for improvement. And labor relations, Qantas has experienced challenges with labor relations and unions, which has caused strikes and disruptions, and that impacts operations and, of course, customer satisfaction. Opportunities. New routes and partnerships, exploring new routes and establishing strategic partnerships can continue to help Qantas tap into new markets and continue to enhance that global presence. We continue to see growth in Asia. The increasing middle class in Asia presents a great opportunity for Qantas to expand its services and capitalize on what is growing travel demand in the region. And of course, sustainable aviation, the the rising focus on sustainable travel presents a great opportunity for Qantas to invest in technologies and practices that is sustainable. And finally, threats, of course, global economic uncertainty, that whether that be downturns, recessions, geopolitical events, pandemics, this is all, you know, you know, parts of the business that can be impacted that can slow down travel demand and sort of reduce profitability for Qantas. Uh, Competition, Qantas right now, as I say, is facing probably some of the fiercest competition from low cost carriers, but also just sort of carriers that are ultimately wanting to come to the market domestically and internationally and regulatory changes. So regulatory challenges are a big, big threat for, for Qantas. Changes in aviation regulations, government policies, ACCC investigations are all a threat for Qantas moving forward. So now a look to its potential valuation. The Guru's, Guru Focus Valuation Tracker says that the stock may be a value trap. And what is a value trap? Well, it's when the stock can appear attractive because it, it has a low valuation metric. For example, price to earnings. So it currently trades at a price to earnings ratio of six and a half times, which is pretty low and lower than its average of 10 times earnings and also lower than most other airline stocks. So in comparison to the industry, it does trade at a pretty decent valuation. But just because the stock is inexpensive, it may not mean that it has a high potential and can sometimes see low growth. For example, the big changes in leadership are a warning for investors and can also mean that we're going to go through plenty of changes. And we've mentioned a couple of times, we've seen record profits. That's not always easy to sustain and to continue to sort of grow, especially with lots of uh, regulatory headwinds as well. From an analyst side, though, they do like the company. From current levels, analysts see about a 21% upside, with many analysts expecting travel demand to stay elevated for the time being. So my four points to watch. So the takeaways from here, leadership, huge changes at the top of the corporate structure are you know significant for any business there is plenty of uncertainty there so investors should watch for any significant changes to strategy or anything along those lines or how they can improve customer relations which leads us on to my next point which is pr and a triple c inquiries Qantas has plenty of issues with local regulators right now as well as poor pr from cancellation delays ticket prices etc 
So new CEO, Vanessa Hudson, has a massive job to change this sort of the wind, if you like, on how consumers are viewing Qantas. Something that may help would be a potential dividend return, which may be on the cards to help improve investor confidence over the next 12 months. At international growth, Qantas flies some of the longest routes in the world, given it's an Australian airline and we are in the middle of nowhere. They have scope to continue their international expansion as international travel continues to be what I see a priority for consumers. And finally, the frequent flyer program. Arguably, its frequent flyer program is one of the strongest in the world. And Qantas can leverage this to build trust and keep consumers spending with the business. So that is going to be a very, very important part of the business. Growth there is going to be imperative for profitability long into the future. So let's wrap that all up. Let's give you a summary. Shares, as we've said, have had a twelve, a tough 12 months. They're down by around about 12%, but have recovered very well since their pandemic lows. Uh, its frequent flyer program holds an important key to unlock customer value. Growth here is imperative. With so many changes at the top of its corporate structure, the next 12 months will be challenging with plenty of work to do. Although its price to earnings valuation is low, it doesn't necessarily constitute as undervalued. So we have to look at maybe some other metrics in terms of those passenger loads. We want to look at the passenger yield to see if the business is continuing to improve margins and grow profitability. And also we have to look at those outside fundamentals. We have to look at the ACCC investigations. We have to look at if there is a recession on the horizon that may affect travel demand. And finally, Analysts do like the company. Uh, they have a buy consensus on it, which is a positive when looking at any business. So that's it for Qantas. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for joining as usual. If you found this episode useful, don't forget to like and send to a friend who may have been chatting to you about Qantas. We'll link Qantas in the bio so you can take a look at the company on the eToro website. Let me know if you think Qantas will be taking off in 2024. And as always, if there is a stock you have on your watch list and you would like us to break it down, please let us know. Thanks for listening. See you next time. You have been listening to Digest and Invest by eToro. For more information, use eToro.com. This podcast is for information and education purposes only and should not be taken as investment advice, personal recommendation, or an offer of or solicitation to buy or sell any financial instruments. This material has been prepared without taking into account any particular recipient's investment objectives or financial situation and has not been prepared in accordance with the legal and regulatory requirements to promote independent research. Past performance is not an indication of future results.